what are the implications of Zoom using your conversations to train its large language model? This is Mac Voices. This edition of Mac Voices is brought to you by the Mac Voices Slack, available to all patrons of Mac Voices. Sign up today at patreon.com slash macvoices. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. Folks, the Mac Voices Live panel finishes up a conversation about computer-generated art and graphics, and then we take a good hard look at the implications of Zoom using your conversations to train its large language model. What does that mean for you, and what does it mean in the broader perspective? Let's go back and let the panel do the talking. Eric, I'll give you the last word if you if you want it. Librarians, historians, and clip art is kind of that summarizes how I feel about AI. Um, I think in the rush to come out with models, the companies are grabbing whatever data they can possibly find, shoving it all into a box and letting that box spit out new stuff. But the new stuff is just repeats of existing stuff. And sometimes that source material is really, really bad. And I just like when clip art started to become really popular, where someone would say, hey, just grab something out of the clip art library, slap it into a presentation, and that's just good enough. We're moving into the age that's just good enough time frame where we're going to see mistakes. We're going to see really boring crap actually get distributed because the machine said it was good. And and it will take a while to kind of correct for that. So people that artists that have some unique ideas, unique takes on things, that's not accounted for by the models. They, I hope, will take on a, an even greater value going forward. And some of the historians, libraries, librarians, kind of guardians of what was the source of the data? Are there problems with it? Are there cultural issues with it? Are there copyright issues with it? I think they also will take on a greater importance at some point. The clip art example is, is very interesting, Eric. I had not drawn that particular thread into the story, but that that's that's really very interesting. So... I don't know. I mean, I have an idea we'll be covering this. And this was not a discussion about the writer strike or the Screen screen Actors Guild or whatever. This is more about the technology parts of it. But it's it's some great examples of, of why some of this stuff is moving out of the science fiction novels and right into mainstream news, and it's affecting people. And and while I've and there are always these terrifying statistics out there about AI is going to take your job or large language models are going to take your job. Um, you know, we've heard those kind of things before about technology taking the job. So we don't want to adopt technology. And it ends up that there's a shift and there are more opportunities. So I, I have to wonder, and that may be a subject of discussion for a future time, that if if we do get rid of some of the the more grunt grunt work, for lack of a better term, what opportunities does that open up for the people who right now are doing it or have had to do it? But that's a whole other thing. But sort of along the lines, I'm going to throw a couple, a couple articles, if this will cooperate, um, into the chat rooms because this discussion sort of falls in, whoops, 
falls in quite well with a couple other things. And the chat room, I'm excited that I'm able to throw things in for you guys too. Um, but there has been a big brouhaha uh, in the last few days about Zoom changing their terms of service, saying that they were going to be using our conversations to train AI. Their AI, their AI. And I guess the, the, from my reading, and this seems to be a story that's changing by the hour almost, mm -hmm. um, apparently the first terms of service change was written so poorly, they had to come back and reverse things. And now if what the last thing I read was that the terms of service are saying we are using the conversations to, to train our AI to provide improvements to the services we offer you not to farm out or license out to somebody who's training a different large language model. And David, have you been paying attention to this one and, and tracking this? Um, yeah, that the, the uh, it, it just seems just kind of bizarre that they would want to do that. And you, you have a lot of people up in arms right now with, and, and AI has already been so sensitive to a lot of people. Why why Zoom wanted to do this is just not. I don't. I'm not. I'm not grasping it. Uh, and, and they did do a bit of a back uh, backpedal of it, but uh, they still needed to do some better clarifications. I mean, I'm just reading through this article and then any others that were talked about today, and it's it's just not a, a good thing, you know. And, and you know the normal reaction you saw. Somebody on X that's saying that uh, that oh I'm uh, goodbye Zoom I'm done, uh, you know let let things kind of settle in see what happens here don't uh, don't just uh, jump out and just I don't think Zoom's gonna I think Zoom's gonna backpedal on this. Um, David, I I can understand why, right? Because if. Well, it's the argument we've used with with location tracking, that if some if or or content delivery, if they're going to tell me what restaurants are around me where I am now, they have to know where I am, right. and it'll do a better job if I can say that I'm at the corner of Fourth and Main as opposed to I'm in Kansas City. Yeah, I I, well, I hope there's a Fourth and Main somewhere for for sake of the example. Getting some barbecue. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so I, I kind of get it that, okay, we're going to, and instead of going out and, and buying somebody else's, we have all this conversation to learn from right now. So that's what we're going to use, but we're only going to use it to improve our services. And if they had done that, if they'd made it clear in the first place, I'm not sure right. I've had a problem with that. No, mm -hmm. I agree. So, um, ben? I honestly, it, it might be the cynic in me, but uh it kind of seems like someone was trying to find a way to make an extra buck, uh, but didn't realize that uh, considering that they're primarily used it with business customers that, uh, well, using that data to train the stuff and possibly give it to someone else uh, would make it a liability for the business users, to say the least. But, I mean, either way, they have 
this was a communications nightmare. This should have been vetted and wasn't. Well, you assume it wasn't vetted. You know, yeah. it, it could have, it, this, this whole thing could have just come from blind ignorance on how the, the market would react to the, the way that, that they described this. So, I mean, regardless, somebody, somebody at Zoom showed an, an incredible l lack of communication skill in, in putting this out and, and just basically saying, well, whatever you do, we can use for whatever we want is the essence of what their argument was. And, you know, these days that doesn't fly very well. And, you know, you're right. If they had come out and said, well, we're using it for these specific purposes, but we're not actually going to use your content uh, without your permission, then I think maybe not everyone, but a lot of people might not have had a problem with it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a stack of things here. Um, first of all, what they what Zoom says in their blog post uh 100% contradicts what still remains in the terms as of now so they can say don't do you you don't have to worry about this it's fine but you're still making me click agree on something that says the opposite of what you are telling me in your blog post that's problem number 1 at least be consistent tell me up front what it is you're what it is I'm agreeing to and then when I look at what I'm agreeing to it should match Right now, it still doesn't match. That's problem number one. Problem number two <clears throat> is I feel like I'm the only person who remembers getting like a $35 check from Zoom because they screwed a bunch of people on privacy a long time ago. Um, I say a long time ago. It was like 2021, I think, because uh, everybody Internet been forced years, to that's use a Zoom. long time ago. Yeah. The, ju the, judgment, the judgment was filed around uh, September, October of 21. Yeah, so, so you it was twenty twenty one that year, early twenty two. Yeah, so um, Zoom had to pay somewhere in the neighborhood of like a hundred million dollars. It may have been less. Okay, eighty five. Um, that's like in the neighborhood um, of <laughs> money over privacy. It was privacy problems that they had, and they got caught screwing up with people's privacy and had to pay eighty five million dollars because they screwed it up. So. I am already disinclined to nod and smile when they tell me everything is fine when it comes to my data and my privacy. And third of all, they did not make this an opt-in feature. It's an opt-out feature. You have to wait for them to roll it out. You have to agree to it. And then you have to turn it off. And that is the fundamental. I think that's the biggest problem of all of them. And there are more, but I'm just picking the highlights and those are the highlights. Um, that's the biggest one is you should get prompted. This is a thing that we are doing now. Can we do this? Because I have had Zoom calls for telehealth appointments with a doctor, with a medical professional. I have had Zoom calls where I was uh, I had to sign an NDA in order to talk to somebody on Zoom about a thing. I've had Zoom calls where very specific um, what's it called? PII, personally identifiable information, has been part of the conversation in various degrees, depending on what it is. And 
if I work for a company that's not on top of every one of these settings and has decided to opt in all that customer data as part of a learning model, that seems like a terrible, terrible, terrible thing. And you should get a prompt or a Zuma administrator should get a prompt that says, this is a thing that we are changing. And if they really want to be obnoxious about it, they can go, it's off right now, but we would love if you would turn it on, which is a thing that Microsoft has mastered, by the way. So they could just go take a page out of Microsoft's book. You can keep doing it the way you've been doing it. But there's a new way. And don't you want to use the new way? And look how great the new way is. And it's so shiny and beautiful. And don't you want to touch it? And, you know, come to the new way. We have bacon wrap deep fried Twinkies. You know, that's what they should be doing. And they're not. And that is the biggest problem is that everything comes back to Zoom is not. They're trying to talk the talk so that you don't notice they're not actually walking the walk. And that's where my hang up is with it. And until something about this fundamentally changes, meaning the terms of service, because when you click agree, it doesn't matter what it says on their blog. It doesn't matter what the company is. It doesn't matter if it's Apple's press release. It doesn't matter if it's Microsoft. It doesn't matter if it's Zoom. Whoever it is, when you click agree, you are clicking agree on those screens and screens and screens and screens of boring ass text. You are not clicking agree on what they said in a tweet and what they commented on LinkedIn or Reddit or Hacker News or anywhere else. True. True. Mark? Me or, or David? Or Dave. No, you you first, then Dave, then Mark. Then, oh. Dave, then... Oh, okay, yeah. So Anyways. I'm confused. Okay, yeah, yes. I, so I screwed I would... that up. I screwed that up. Yes, sorry. Yeah, so I would agree. I would, I would just point out that on on one hand, uh, I can understand, you know, why uh, you know, they have uh, you know some of the terms they do in order to offer their service, and you know, like uh, Dave Ginsburg said, you know, people on uh, X, formerly known as Twitter, sort of started losing their mind. I think part of the reason, you know, some of the tweets. And I don't know what they're called now, but some of the tweets that I saw, you know, people highlighted stuff Posts. about uh, about AI models and things. But I think they they were pointing at the wrong things in the terms of service. Um, you know, the terms of service, uh, basically, you know, there, there's one thing in there that you know, I think is overarching and is totally unnecessary in there. And, and that says it gives you, you know, a, you give them a permanent, you know, in perpetuity, a sublicense, and I think this is section ten two or ten four, or you know somewhere in paragraph ten, and that's certainly overreaching. That's like what we we're talking about before with Hollywood. It's I'm an extra in a movie, you know, just starting my career, and then I'm a big star, and you can use my image forever and automatically generated stuff. No, you know, there's no reason. It's it's one sided and overly broad to have you know a license in perpetuity. It should be bounded in some way, like to the extent you're using the service, like you know, once this thing, you know, our session goes, uh, you know, is ended, it's over. Or, or once uh, you know Chuck uh, ends uh, terminates his account, you know then uh, at that point you know their rights for anything should disappear. But it shouldn't go on for perpetuity because that's a f- long time. <laughs> you know, so that's that's one thing. And I don't now that's certainly something a lawyer would write. Uh, but 
you know, I would point out that in addition to what Kelly was saying, that um, the details of that case you know, on their privacy uh, violations is they came back and said, oh, well, we didn't know we were sending stuff to Facebook because we just used this library from Facebook. Or, oh, we didn't know we were sending stuff you know, to Microsoft or Google because we're just using you know, their, um, excuse me, their libraries. So certainly sounds plausible. But um, you know, add to that, does everyone all remember back in, I think it was 2019, 2020, you know, all the brouhaha that erupted that Zoom you know, was in downloading and installing and leaving an active web server that would respond only to comments, you know, sorry, only to requests that Zoom had, you know, so. Yeah, it you was know, terrible. Yeah. So, I mean, th- th- this is a this is a company that has a history of making these type of mistakes, you know, so I want to come back to, you know, sort of their current uh, terms of service and I'll finish my uh, point, which is like, like Kelly said, anything they say in the blog post, you know, isn't worth the paper it's printed on. However, you know, I, I, I do believe, I do believe their intent is good, but, you know, ultimately it's uh, what's binding is the contractual agreement and in their contract, you know, they give ability you know, to what they call service generated data. And they say, oh, this is things like you know, telemetry lock. And that's one of the things like, you know, when they said, you know, way back when, when they got slapped for, uh, you know, sending data to Facebook, because at that point in their terms of service, they said, you know, for example, Google and Google advertising didn't even talk about the Zuck and all the stuff they were sending to him. So, you know, I I don't know what their moral character is, but I do know this is a giant loophole because they talk about you know, they talk about your chats and audio and video and things as is your data, and you know as the shitstorm developed yesterday, the first thing I think I saw this on the Verge, but maybe it was uh, another site. They had uh, you know some VP of product management at. Um, Zoom talking about, oh, your data is yours, your data is yours, we don't own anything. You know, that's like a political non-denial denial. You know, the thing people were getting upset about was training, not ownership of the data, <laughs> because you know, they're the terms of service are clear. It's you know, our chats right now are are ours, you know, our audio and video are ours. The loophole, the gigantic loophole is, you know, what what is service generated data? Because in the sentence going up to it, they say they compile it and they compile it with you know stuff. So here's a very you know clear example of you know how they could take users' uh, video you know conferences. You know, they're distributed all over the world. They want to understand how well do their algorithms do at j- distributing data. How does their server infrastructure work? Do they have latency problems so that? Uh, you know, we can't hear each other and we're talking all over and interrupting each other, you know, in, in a rude fashion. Well, you know, they could combine, you know, timestamp data from Chuck's system, my system, Guy's systems, Kelly's system, et cetera, with the audio and video. And then that becomes service generated data that they can use, you know, and so they have that. And you know, so that's that's one potential way that you know, if they wanted to be you know, bad actors, and I'm not throwing aspersions here, but you know, 
if their CEO died tomorrow and they had a bastard take it over, this is a loophole that uh, that he or she uh, could exploit. And finally, with regards to AI models, they talk about theirs, but they don't say anything about third-party you know, companies. And that was what got them into trouble with that lawsuit years ago is because they were sending stuff out to Facebook. And we know Facebook you know, has a very active interest in uh, large language models and just boiling a lot of stuff down short. You know, they're putting all their common text stuff out there. And what they're keeping is their own proprietary things because, you know, Zuckerberg has said in interviews with Lex Friedman uh, that, you know, they're interested in you know, providing a way that make it easy for businesses that they could easily customize their own large language model that's unique for their business and interacting with their customers and pre-sales or support, you know, situations, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So bottom line is if you go and you read the fine print you know, of their terms of service, despite all their protestations and saying your data is yours, you know, they still have all sorts of ways that uh, you know, they could use it, you know, and they have a history of, of of being tricky and sneaky like this. That could just be they're an immature company and they're learning how to deal with these sorts of issues. Or it could be the character of the beast. I will let the listeners decide. And with that, it's back to you, Chuck. David, and I apologize for getting the order screwed up. <laughs> uh, no problem. I just wanted to go back real briefly about what Ben talked about you know, with the businesses, the business end of this with Zoom. Um, you know, many businesses these days are, are looking at AI very closely for the sake of privacy concerns. You know, not, they don't want their proprietary data going out there. They don't want uh, any of the information that we're talking about that, that is proprietary to the company uh, when having these types of discussions. So our business is going to reevaluate, you know, the usage of Zoom. Um, some companies are more focused on just using Teams and not Zoom, uh, and some are using WebEx. So you have many different platforms that are in, in, in the corporate world. Uh, this could put a red flag up, in my opinion, that the, the security teams are going to start looking at this closer if, if Zoom doesn't uh, uh, rethink their t- terms of service. When it becomes a thing where you have to agree in order to continue using Zoom, uh, as of right now, I can't in good conscience at my day job tell anyone to agree to this because of that magical, uh, I don't remember the phrase, user data or whatever it is. Um, I I have no I have no leg to stand on in recommending to people that they uh, go ahead and click agree because it's fine because right. I've gone through these terms and it's not great. And that like right now, that's the problem. That's the problem that I'm having is the terms have not changed, at least as of the last I saw this. The terms are no different than they were before. And right. they still say uh, they they still have a very hand wavy bit in the middle there of what they can use instead of saying we anonymize all of the information and based on I you know and we use IP addresses to determine international throughput to make sure that everyone in the US can talk to everyone in Australia just fine or whatever. Like they're not putting any of that stuff. They're not making any of that stuff clear. And it's not like they're paying by the pixel for a terms for for this for the screen's worth of terms of service. They can outline very clearly and choose not to because it's easier for it to be hand wavy. And 
this just again smacks of um extracting value and you know and and in this case you know as as i'm fond of saying if you are not paying you are not the customer but in this case even if you are paying you may not be the customer because you're probably not buying llm data from zoom and yet you are still paying for that webinar license that pro license that's 15 bucks per user per month or whatever and so you may be paying and still not be the customer and that makes it worse Webb, you and David and I work in, in, in industries that collect information and use it, not necessarily, not necessarily sell it, but use it for, in your case, mortality tables, in my case, um, driver uh, driver evaluations, um, and those are just a couple small examples. I mean, does this mean that everybody that's taking information in is going to have to start getting a signed release that they can utilize that information as they see fit? And and if if the answer is yes, is that just for the business that we're in or is it just going to be, is it going to need to be broader? From a life underwriting standpoint in the very narrow view, I'm telling you that right now. Um, uh, as you go through the the application process for life insurance, one of the things that you do is that you do uh, sign away our our permission to to search for information from other entities, your doctor, um, your your health insurance company, uh, things like that. That uh, uh, and we are granted that right now. I I think that that could spin out of control. Um, uh, under this new world that, that we're talking about. So I think we're going to have to probably, you know, uh, batten down those hatches a little bit. But uh, just for, from a, a pure life insurance underwriting viewpoint, uh, one of the documents you signed is the release. And there's a, a, a service out there called MIB, the Medical Insurance mm-hmm. Bureau. Uh, and what's interesting about MIB from a life insurance company perspective is that we are not allowed to underwrite the policy that we're issuing on you based on the information we get from MIB. But what we are allowed to do is that we can take that information and have a further investigation. We can investigate further. So, um, but anyway, that that's one of the things that uh, the releases that, that you uh uh, and it's universal. There isn't a company out there that doesn't do that. Um, what What's happening right now is uh, a lot more, um, and I don't want to get into a big life insurance underwriting uh, quest that I'm the only one who will understand it and appreciate it. But uh, um, the new lifestyle um, thing, sometimes uh, uh, you can wear an Apple Watch or something similar, uh, and it'll, and if you wear it, you can possibly get a uh, more uh, um, uh, favorable underwriting decision. Um, those things are, are, are kind of coming online right now. It's really interesting how that information is going to change. But here again, now we have this information and all of a sudden we see that that uh, uh, you're jumping out of airplanes. Um, <laughs> and, and normally we would charge you more for that uh, as an industry. Um, or if you're a... a, a a private pilot, not a commercial pilot, but uh, you know, you go out on your little single-engine piper and, and go fly around a little bit. There's a, there's a, 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 a risk. 
Yeah, it, it's an additional risk. There, there's a word that I was that I'm missing right now. That, um, but anyway, the, you know, it, it's one of these things that, that uh, uh, as technology has changed and, and the being able to pass information around back and forth a lot easier than it would be back in the the Pony Express days. Um, it, it does bring on some new changes in reality that that as an industry we're going to have to address. And, and I guess where I was going with that, Webb, because I I think you're right. I think everybody's going to have to start to to address it because with I I admit I haven't looked at the uh, the, all the terms in my in my credit card statement, but I'm sure somewhere in there because they've been doing it forever. I mean, you know that they've been taking information and tracking us and building profiles on us, and so. But but I, a lot of us, me included, haven't thought about some of these other places where I'm I'm using the services, not thinking about the fact that they could be using they could be using my use of the service to do something else or accomplish some other objective. And so all of a sudden, I think a, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about how how intrusive um, the Apple, the, the Mac operating system has become because you have to give permission for this, permission for that, permission to, to do all this all the time. And I feel like that's where we may be heading just with everyday life. Mm-hmm. That if I'm, if I'm going to step foot in the grocery store, um, I may have to sign a waiver or give some kind of acknowledgement that what I purchase will be used for the benefit of the store to to improve their service or to do something else. Well, from a technology standpoint, a lot of this is something that's only been enabled in the past five to 10 years with the rise of GPUs with uh, a fantastic number of cores because underlying it, and I I know this from talking to somebody who uh, was was involved in it, underlying it, it does a lot of uh, matrix uh, multiplication and matrix algebra. And... um, before the rise of you know an availability of CPUs and ability to program them and use them in applications, this stuff was of theoretical interest, but you know, totally impractical because it just required way too much compute and secondarily storage, but you know mainly uh, compute. So you know I think um, every industry is I think at the at, at the start of this, and. Um, yeah, uh, you know, do, do we have to be more aware of things? Um, well, that's been a constant, uh, constant thing forever. Uh, you know, can you imagine, you know, being the poor guy who you know took a you know one of these DNA tests, you know, to and then you know ended up you know getting uh, getting arrested, you know, or his cousin or somebody got arrested, you know, for uh, because he's in this uh, you know hereditary uh, you know forensic uh, you know DNA chain. Um, this is stuff you know no one would have thought of, but you know we're seeing all sorts of examples of uh, you know how lots of data and you know sophisticated algorithms and compute are completely changing uh, how we live. Next time on Mac Voices, this panel wraps up with a renewed look at foldable phones because of some of the experiences that some of the panel members have had with them and with people who use them. That's next time on Mac Voices. I'll see you then. As always, I'm Chuck Joyner. Thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page 
And get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices, or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.